Well, no, we never really did that. We would just start talking and we record, like we're doing right now. So oh, dope. Yeah. Ape Live. <laughs> so uh, you may have noticed that there is a new voice on the podcast now. Um, Patrick, our good friend, has had to uh, take a step back to handle some other stuff. Uh, he's got a lot more responsibilities than I do. Uh, so uh, he's always going to be a friend of the show, someone that we'll always come back to and uh, probably have on whenever he wants to come on and uh Obviously, he'll still be pretty involved, too. So, uh, But uh, we've actually asked uh, Brian Sternick, comedian, Clevelander, sexual hey, being. to Sexual uh, being? <laughs> <laughs> sexual creature oh, to, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To, to take over some of the, uh, the, the co-hosting duties. So he was gracious enough after, I mean, three, maybe four texts. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was one text. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, so, I'm in. <laughs> there wasn't much to it. So uh, <laughs> that's when I was like, yeah, this is the guy. Yeah, he said yes. First, Just the first, first person out. to say yes. Yeah. Plus, he in a, a slightly resembles Patrick. Uh, yeah, it's the bald thing. I, I can't replace Pat. No, no, one I can. can't. No one can. But I mean, the 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 best person is to step in is also a fellow bald man. Yes. So that's why I'm honored. It's an easy transition for me. It is. Yeah. That you don't gotta look gonna... at Fabio. No, can't have. No, we we can't have one of that. Yeah, because then it's his like podcast now. It's re- yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that at all. It turned into Fabio's guiltless, and then yeah. every podcast would be about like uh, cover what girl conditioner or he uses. Yeah, yeah it's not. Fucking, yeah, who needs to be bothered? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Brian's gonna jump in here. Uh, he was an easy fit. He's been on before. If you haven't listened to his uh, the the podcast where he was a guest, it was called Comedy and Sensitivity. Uh, oh, definitely yeah. come on and, uh, and listen to that one. It was one of our favorites. We had a lot, a, real, a lot of fun doing that. So Brian was a kind of a natural uh, mix to kind of uh, a natural uh, pick to come on and just uh, jump in and start having some fun with it. Good news also is that we're going to be doing a second show. Uh, we just finished our show in November. Uh, you know, a little over a month ago, we had a, a really good crowd. There was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah. it really was a lot of fun. So uh, we're gonna do it again, same place at the Bottle House. Gonna be February seventh. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Uh, we posted it on the Facebook page and on our Instagram. So go ahead and uh, check that out. Go on Eventbrite. Uh, grab some tickets. Ten dollars now before the end of the year, and then after that's gonna be fifteen dollars. So really good. Really good price to see eight comedians and one MC. David Morales is going to be the MC, and it's an eight-man comedy roast. So, get them now. Yeah, pretty excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun just watching these guys shit on each other for like an hour and a half. Oh, it's exciting. And you know the funny thing is we already do shit on each other, but now we get to do it on That's the stage. That's why it's going to be funny. Yeah. It's be, I'm, I'm excited. Like I've seen some of these texts, and they're really warming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're mean <laughs> to each other. just shitting on each the other Comedy already. mean is different from regular mean. Like Regular mean, yeah, you hit the insecurities with your friends, but with the comics... Oh, it, no. it gets yeah. hard, yeah. It's normal, funny. Normal day, you know, like ribs are just like, oh, man, your 401k is so weak. Mm-hmm. You guys really go hard. We'll, we'll get into why relationships quick. didn't work and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> why but you're going to die alone. <laughs> yeah, like if someone else told that to me, I'd be like, you're, I'm, you're out of my life. But like when, when, when one of my comedy friends just tells me why my relationship didn't work out, I'm just like, yeah, you get me. This yeah. is fun. I like <laughs> yeah, it. You get me. <laughs> you're right. I'm not that attractive. Yeah, It yeah. never would have worked. It never would have worked. So, being that Brian is a comedian, one of the things that I want to talk to him about is something that he is obviously what he does because it's something that I have never done, will most likely never fucking do. And but it is still kind of it's incredible to watch for me. So when we were at the show uh, in uh, uh, November, there were seven comedians in the MC. Yeah. So all went up. All had. I think everyone did a really good job. Uh, there were some really, really funny guys. I thought John was so funny. Yeah, Arnie was great. Armstrong. You and David did great. Uh, you know, Joey did great. Everyone, you know, the the, the only one that was, I don't want to say struggle because I don't think he did because I thought it was funny was Angelo. And that's when I really kind of started thinking about what it's kind of like to do comedy. And then I went like a step farther where it's like, what's it really like starting out doing comedy? Because that looks fucking brutal. Yeah. Well, one thing about Angelo is that Angelo is so, like, he just doesn't break. If they don't like a joke, he just continues on. I can't do that. I really, I try to do that. Like, I do it a lot, but other times I break. I'm like, come on, guys, just just tell me, tell me, hey, strangers, love me. 
just force it down their throat. But Angelo, he just sticks with it. Like if a joke doesn't work, he'll get them back. And like it just proves some, sometimes like jokes works and they they work for one crowd, another crowd like it'll work one way, but it won't work the other way. And Angelo was a, he was the last minute addition. Actually, Raj was gonna actually do the show, but he had to uh, he was gonna be out of town for another gig. And uh, we were able to replace him with Angelo. Angelo had actually hit me up before Raj had backed out and asked if he could get on. I was like, sorry, we're already booked, but yeah. next time for sure. So when Raj had to, had to drop out, I just messaged Angelo. Angelo sent me a video. The video he sent was similar to what he did, and I thought it was funny. Yeah. So I thought it was fine. Um, so then the uh, – I don't know. So that's when he came on, and it just I thought he did a good job. But, yeah, it, it was fun – Fun to, to, to watch for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the the thing, and I've mentioned this to you before, the thing that was most impressive about the uh, the show itself and the thing that I took away was watching how Angelo reacted to it because most people, myself included, would get fucking rattled by something like that. Yeah. If it's not going well and you're not getting as, as many laughs as may, maybe you think that you would or maybe that you had before with the same material, you would start kind of... I would start freaking out. I'd be like, "Well, I got to fucking wrap this up." Yeah, I'm yeah. not doing this for six it, more minutes. <laughs> it's a terrible feeling. Yeah, and but especially he, jokes that I've seen him do all those jokes. They work. They're funny. They were in the video. That didn't he sent work me. that night. Were in the video and they worked. They were funny. I no. still thought they were funny. No. And but it just it didn't work for whatever reason. You know, different crowds. There's a lot of reasons for it. And that's when I really kind of started getting into and thinking. I remember talking to Patrick about it too. Like. Fuck, dude. Yeah. This is really hard. Yeah. Like, th- this is not, because we didn't think about it. We thought about obviously just promoting it and getting people there. And we're like, I mean, he and I made this joke to each other, too. We're like, hey, man, we got to get people there. It's their job to be funny. I kind of didn't care. Yeah. And I still kind of didn't at the time. And then when I was watching Angela, I, you really start respecting what that's like. Yeah. And then Patrick and I start talking about, like, can you imagine, because these guys have all been doing this. I think David had said Angela had been doing it for about a year. Oh no, Angelo's been doing it probably two years. He's I, been doing it. He's been doing it for a minute. Like when I yeah. started, he was doing it. I started about three years ago. Yeah, so he was he years. was into it. David's when I started. got a few years under him. I, all of everyone that was there has a lot of time under their belt. But there yeah. was also that's when Patrick and I started talking about. There was a time when these guys had to just go to an open mic and put their fucking you know put their head down and be like, I'm gonna yeah. fucking do this. We still do. It doesn't it's end. Fucking insanity. Doesn't end. It's, it that, never just it never anarchy. ends. You know the worst thing is that uh, like. When you start, when you start doing open mics, you only start. You're not a comedian. If you do your first open mic, it doesn't make you a comedian. I mean, it takes months to get booked. It takes takes sometimes years. I mean, it depends. Over here in Cleveland, it doesn't. It, sometimes it, it depends on like how funny you are. But the like the first time you do an open mic, not only the first time, but like the first probably. For me, I'm still doing it. I mean, I that's how I view it. I take every. I try to take every show seriously. But those first couple months of open, like that's when you're really deciding if you're really like. I realized the first time I did it, the first set I did, I was like, I'm gonna do this. I can't imagine my life not doing it. But so, it's like pretty much figuring out if you want to keep doing it, if you want to make it, if you want to attempt to make it a career, because you're probably not gonna make it a career. But if you want to take that risk, oh yeah, this is like the NBA. Yeah, the, the the this is like if you're a high school player that wants to go to the NBA, like the percentage that you're gonna make this a a lifetime, you know, lucrative, you know, a career. Make, Fuck lucrative. Just that you can make a living out of it. It's, it's difficult. It's very slim. It's a very, 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 very slim chance. Yeah. taking that shot. And that shot starts with going to an open mic. No one yeah. just starts off and gets booked and it's like, hey, I think you're funny. You want to open up for, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually it. That happened to me. Like six months in, someone's like, hey, do you want to open up for Screech? And I'm like, yeah. I told my family. I was like, Fuck hey. off. You open up for Screech? No, I didn't. Oh, shit. This is the story. So well, I was the told. The story sucks now. I was told. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is the bullshit and comedy. Like, I mean, sometimes you deal with people that are liars. Um, this one girl, she told me, she's like, yeah, I can book, I can open you for Screech. Like, you can open for Screech. I'm like, all right, dope. I didn't pay any money. I mean, I, I want to get suckered into that. But she's like, yeah, here's a date and everything. You're going to do it. Here's the connect. And I was like, yeah. So I messaged the connect, like, yeah, you're opening for Screech. I was like six months in. I didn't have the jokes. Definitely didn't have the jokes to open for Screech. But I don't think Screech has the jokes to, to I've seen perform. stand up and it's not funny. Yeah, it's just Screech I being like, ah, I wish I I do I'd... love that no one is ever going to refer to him as his real name ever again. Yeah, like, he's going to be Screech with Dave Because Dustin dies. Diamond's a porn star. Screech is just a shittier version of Dustin Diamond. Yeah. If he ever hears this, he's gonna be he's gonna be a guest. I'm excited. Yeah, be fine. But yeah, no, they told me I was gonna told me I was gonna open for Screech, and I came back to it and like, yeah, no, you're not opening for Screech. And she acted like she never talked to me about it, and I was like, what the fuck? We texted about it. What's her full name? No, I don't even know her full name anymore. I don't even see her. So all right, so then you got 
So th- there's a couple, obviously, uh, a big part, and we can go through each one of these. Because, again, to me, these were th- these are amazing things to me to think about. Yeah. So the very first thing is you have to be funny. Yeah, that's the, that's the key. I, but ideally, it takes a long time to be funny. Right. Yeah, some no people, one, some... rarely you're going to be funny consistently out the gate because you're going to run into stumbling blocks. Yeah. So you got funny for one thing. Then you have what has to be a fucking huge... 60%, 70% of this, maybe depending on the person, has got to be mental. Because you're going to yeah. run into a fucking bad night. Yeah, every time. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you don't know. I mean, that's the it's the art form of it. You don't know, like, you don't know, if you, especially if you're saying it for the first time, you don't know if it's going to be funny. So what was uh, what was your first open mic like? Well, the first uh, time you did it. I first, assume it was at an open mic. The first time I did it? Okay, so I run that show, Lake of Village Tavern. Uh, I started running it this year, at the beginning of the year. My first mic was about three years ago at that mic. Okay. And I got drunk. I got real drunk. Like, not like drunk where I couldn't talk, but drunk enough to be like, oh, I need to be drunk. Yeah. You know? I got I got drunk. I brought... It usually happens if, if someone's a funny person, they usually end up going, I want to do comedy. And like six, six to ten of their closest friends usually come and laugh. Even if... Like, I remember my friends were laughing, but I was not funny. I know that for sure. I didn't know what I was doing. But they were laughing because those are friends. Friends support. And the highest senior, but maybe they're like laughing because your buddy's doing that. Yeah, they're like, he's been wanting to do this. He's doing it. We're going to live it up. And then later on, like, no no one else is really laughing. I was trying to talk to people. They didn't really want to talk because I'm there now. Like, with new comedians, I'm like, yeah, I want to talk to you guys, but I got other stuff on my mind. I'm not trying to make friends. At first, you think you're making friends, but then it just goes on. You Friends just come organically. It's like anything. If you try to force something... If you try to force something, it's not going to work because people can tell. But if you're just naturally doing your thing, and then people feel the same way, like it just you kind of you connect with people, you know, naturally. No, I agree. It's you can't force it. it. It's like yeah, you know, like open micing or you know, anal. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or anal. Well, something <laughs> no, in the bad ways. <laughs> I don't know. Anal's like an open mic. Oh yeah, <laughs> anal's really like an, bad. Anal's like an open mic with no lube. <laughs> so it is. So then, all right. So then you have. Obviously, the the uh, the nerves, the mental, and then you have to be funny. So yeah. you're already doing something that is already has a slim, slim to none percent of being at least financially successful at it. Yeah, because there are comedians out there that are successful in terms of they're they're well known. They're almost like indie rock bands that never really made it, but all yeah. the other rock bands know they're good. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a nerd. Like there's with comedy, there's a nerd culture. Like last night, I was hanging out with a couple. Like me and like three other com- comedians were hanging out late at night. We were drinking and watching comedy specials. We're nerds. Everyone's a nerd. That sounds like a pretty good night, though. Every every comedian they've every every comedian I know that like I'm friends with, we talk about. We'll talk about like subjects like behind closed doors. We'll talk about subjects, you know, that are like happening today. And then we'll also be like, oh, that Chappelle special. Like what? Like how amazing was that? Or like we'll talk about like Michelle Wolf. Like we'll talk about like like we're we're all fans at the same time. So I'm getting to. So then, all right, so you have, okay, so you just mentioned kind of having friends. So the other mm-hmm. part of that is you have to, I call it networking because that's what I do in my job when you want to meet somebody and kind of yeah. branch out. In a way, you're going to have to network. Yeah, there's you're networking. You're going to have to meet new people because that's how you're going to get it. But, well, that's how the first Guiltless Show got together. Yeah. We knew John. John, but we didn't know any fucking comedians. Yeah. John, in about a day, grabbed a bunch of comedians. Yeah. After we met uh, you and David. After when we decided to do another show in February, we texted you guys. You guys, I don't know any more comedians. Yeah. You guys did it. That's how we kind of networked. And yeah. you, we were able to do that because you guys know a lot of comedians. Yeah. You guys know. And that was the other thing, too, because we the, the, the upcoming show is going to be a roast. I didn't know this. I was like, yeah, fuck, just grab a comedian. And you and Dave were like, not everyone, not all comedians will do this. Even David was like, that's not really my thing. I'll MC it, though. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to want to do that. Yeah. So then you had to grab comedians that were kind of into that. So now it's not even just... You add another dimension to this. Now you add you have to be funny, the psychological thing, the networking thing, and now the style thing. Because you've actually mentioned this before, too, that you can't always book somebody that has the same style as four other people that are going to be on the show because it's not going to – you need to kind of – you need almost like ebbs and flows of different types of styles to kind of keep the audience guessing. Yeah, we were talking before, like, like there's like the dark humor, like, uh, like a comedian that just talks about abortion. You know, there's comedians that have those abortion jokes, but there's like the certain style. You can't like if, if I'm an audience member and I'm listening to a comedy show and someone talks about abortion, I don't find it funny. 
Which is funny. You know, I, for some reason, I don't, find, I, just, I don't find the act of abortion funny, but there's funny jokes. Yeah, it's weird. It. I just clap immediately whenever I hear it. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the opposite. Like, I, was like, I, was like, I don't find abortion funny. I find jokes funny. You're like abortion. Oh, I didn't have to be <laughs> at a comedy venue if someone's like, I had an abortion. I just start yeah. clapping. Like, Let's, we're, we're gonna have a. We're gonna the next guiltless show is gonna be at a clinic. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be raising Joe. money for Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be shut <laughs> Very down. Specific audience. Yeah. <laughs> But you can't have like you can't have the same style comedians like on. I mean, you can, but I, that's not what I would. Well, do. you have to do that too, whether because yeah. you're you because you don't just do sets. You promote shows. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I never would have thought of myself as a promoter. To be honest, I would just assume I was a comedian. But then I got into producing shows, and then I have to promote those shows, and it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's very. I mean, you already know from the Gillish, it's stressful. Oh yeah. Like you have like we have the one show in February. And it's stressful. I'm already fucking stressed. I got, I got a show on the 30th, and it's, 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 I know it's going to go well, but it's still stressful because at the whole time, it's like, it's like you're, it's like a, it's like when you're producing a show, when you're, when you're having any, when you're, when you're running something, even a party, you're hoping everyone has a fun time. Yeah. Even if they are, you think they're having a bad time because you want to make, you want to make everything better. You really can't live in the, it's hard to live in the moment. You kind of you you got it. It's business, like hundred percent agree. So when I made the joke that me and Patrick were like, oh, we just got to get people there. They got to be funny, and then but that joke was about maybe eight seconds, and then we're like, fuck, what if it's not funny? Yeah, we'll we'll never be able to do this again. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, everybody was funny, but then we had to think about that part. So that's so, and then it just goes back into another you know the the promoting, and then it's got to be funny thing too. And then there's another part of that too that Patrick and I were focused more on. Yeah, but you have to do that all the time. Is are you a draw? Yeah, can you get people there? Because that's another thing. If you want to get on shows, there's going to be, and, and, and you can speak more to it, like comedians that maybe don't have to promote, like people like Bill, Bill Squire. I, I'm you put that guy's name up there, people just know him and are going to show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But I know people know you and know David, but still, sometimes maybe if you're doing you a show, if you're doing a show like maybe out like somewhere else, you're going to have to promote. Yeah. So then you have that aspect too. So I mean, in terms well, of getting a, a show. Outside of just an open mic, now you have to do, and that's kind of like what it is, like the life of being an open micer and yeah. trying to graduate into a comedian yeah. or a paying, whatever you want to call it. Uh, funny, draw, over the psychological thing, networking, style. Like yeah. you have all these things that kind of have to work. The crazy the, the crazy thing about it is I used to, doing, doing stand-up, like I before I did stand up, I used to do Snapchat stories when Snapchat was really hot. Like in my college years, and then like after college, I used to I used to have a, a Snapchat fan base. Not it wasn't super strong. It was about a thousand people around there. It was a lot of fun, but then people stopped. Snapchat changed, and people stopped going on there. I stopped doing videos, and then I wanted to get into comedy, so I started doing my Snapchats again. And I used to think I was like, oh, if more people know me, if I force more people to know me, they're gonna like me. Which I just think was right, but it's wrong. Mainly because all I know is that if I'm funny, it will naturally come. That's what I hope for. I mean, promoting Dev, I have to promote my shows. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to if you're doing something you love. I mean, you gotta. We live in the world today where people don't they promote stuff they don't love. Like, oh, I'm promoting this this piece of broccoli from this restaurant. <laughs> I don't love this, but hey, I'm eating it, and it's at this bar, and people like, people yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, you got to promote like even like like Squ- Squire's a draw. Squire Squire can pack. He packs places out all the time. Sure, but he's still like that doesn't mean he doesn't promote. Like he still has to promote. It's easier for him to promote probably. But oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like, he like, it, it, it's to... easy. It's way easier for him than it is for me. Like, like I, he I, he can post. He can just post something and and obviously get people. Yeah, there. people love him. He's like, great. I have to yeah. like for the, the the last show and and this upcoming show. Yeah, I'm posting about it. I'm also kind of. Hitting the fucking pavement. I'm putting up flyers in Lakewood and around yeah. Cleveland. You know, I'm, I'm talking to people that I know. I'm talking to people that were at the last show and yeah. trying to get them interested in this one. Like, I mean, it's not just. I put up a Facebook post. Good to go. Just let the money roll in. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work it's hard. that way. It's hard. Yeah, I think the, the thing about posting is I used to think just post it and they'll come, which is wrong because if you just post something like I always see like there's a lot of comedians that when they post their shows, they'll say like like yeah I'm coming here. Hope to see you there. And they'll get like none, none of the fact. It's not about likes. They'll get like two likes, and that's fine. But then no one will show up to the show. I don't think I've realized that I do because I'm myself. People can tell on social media if I'm being myself or I'm kind of just doing the bare minimum. Like if I'm like, "Hey, come to the show. I'll be there!" Exclamation point. Like people are like, a couple people like it. They're not going to show up. But if I'm like legit having fun with the promotion of it, 
more people will come and I'll talk to them. I'll be like, hey, they're like, oh, those promos are funny. I'm like, oh, thanks. And we'll talk about it. And they're like, oh, I had a really fun time with the show. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'm glad we all had fun. That's the whole point of it. Like, I want to be funny in front of a big crowd. Absolutely. But I, I, I do also want, we're like producing a show. I want everyone to have a fun. Like, the whole point is everyone have a fun time and come back next time so we can have a funner time. So, okay. So then you just added another dimension to it, too. So now it's not just being a draw and, and, and networking and all that. You have to be good at those things. You have to have a media presence. Yeah. And you have to know how to actually work it, too. This is where yeah. I will always fall short. I think posting a picture of a dog that fell down is fucking hilarious. Well, that is fair. It okay. depends on what type of dog. Wait, so, I'll get a like, so I'll get a like from you. But Yeah, <laughs> you'll get one like from me. Oh, no, you won't get a like. You'll get a wow. Like the wow, that's a Labradoodle. Oh, a comment. Yeah, Those oh my rare God. rare for me. They shed But it means stuff like that. You have to know how to promote on your media, when to actually do it, who you're actually hitting. So that's another aspect, too. And then yeah. this is, again, thinking about... Somebody who is, again, an open micer who wants to graduate into a paying gig, which when I'm saying paying gig is 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's gas money, basically. A lot of times, it's, and you've mentioned this before, too, a gig when you're starting out can be gas money to your gig, and that's yeah. it. My first show I ever did, I got paid four bucks. Four American, which is wow. yeah, it's the worst amount of money because it's like it's. I rather Give have gotten me five or I, nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I got four. It was a show. Uh, this this dude was running shows in Cleveland. I'll say his name because no one cares. His name is Jeff Davis. He was kind of a scam guy. He just kind of showed up and just started running shows immediately. Really? Yeah, he just showed up, started running shows, and there was a show that he had. I just started. I was I wasn't a good comedian. I was not. I was like three months in. It's the first ever show I got booked on, and the whole point of the show was the audience buys fake tomatoes. And when you get the fake tomatoes, you throw it at the comedian. However many tomatoes you got thrown at you, you get a dollar. I had four tomatoes thrown at me. But it, I could tell it was so bad just because Jesus uh, Christ. they were charging like $3 for the tomatoes <laughs> or terrible. something. Yeah, I know. There's a, but not only the fact, like, I don't care that I got four tomatoes, but by the end of the show, he was just giving people tomatoes. Like, just to, like, make it seem like it was, like, fun. And, I mean, that was my first show. Four bucks. And I was happy, but honestly, at the time, I was happy for the four bucks. I was like, I, I got paid to do something I love, even though I'm not good at it. Yeah. So okay, so there. Okay, you actually just named a couple other. Every time you tell like a story, it just makes me think of another aspect of this. This is gonna be a seven hour life. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another one. So I, I kind of wrote, thought about just like maybe like a fake, fake promoter. So now you have to kind of siphon through what can be. A cutthroat business. This is the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And you're going to come across people like this guy you just mentioned that wants to be in the entertainment industry, but maybe wants to do it in the shittiest way possible. And that that can be, you know, clubs, promoters, people that say they're going to pay and then don't, like shit like that. That can yeah. be very, very frustrating. And all these are all going to factor back into the mental aspect. Yeah, because like you just said, four dollars. Give me zero. I'd rather have zero nothing. than four. Yeah. Like nowadays, four's like, like four's a fuck you amount. Yeah, that's like yeah. yeah I found this you in might my as well car. Round, round it to five. Yeah, just be like, hey, good job, kid. Yeah, no one's ever been paid four dollars for anything. No, you know the funny thing about this is, I did a Royal Doc show with Raj Rush Rush. It's gonna be on the next show, uh, Gilda show. I did his show. He's got the show of Royal, Royal Docs uh, in Akron or Canton, mm -hmm. and I did his show. And I did like I think it was me. He was hosting, and I did like eight minutes, and then it was Josh Morrow, who's very funny, and then Mary headlined. It was a great show. It was the first show at Royal Docs. It was killer. And Raj is like, yeah, I'm going to pay you. And he Venmoed me $4. And I'm like, fuck you. And then he started laughing. He Venmoed me like 21 more. <laughs> but he was such – because he got, he got my reaction on camera. Like, he, like I looked at – like you saw, like I'm, t I'm on my phone. I'm kind of smiling because I'm fun. I just look at my phone. My face drops. I just look at Raj with a drop face, and I see the camera right in my face. Oh. He still has the picture. You gotta have him find it. <laughs> it was the funniest thing because then he's like, "I'm just fucking with you." You should have seen the look on your face. I'm like, "Fuck you, Raj. You suck right now." <laughs> totally got me that night. But yeah, I mean, that was the only other time I got paid four dollars at a time. Jesus Christ! It's like he knew I did that bad. That's what show you gave before. your nephew to mow your lawn or rake. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't give him real money. You kind of give him change. Okay, so then you also have. I just keep thinking of more stuff. Every time you tell a story, I think of another aspect that I didn't think about. And that's, you and I have kind of joked around about this with the uh, uh, the show, uh, like the show that I did and the show that we're doing now, is that there was just so many things that I didn't think about at all. Yeah. Just that you just, you, it's not that we jumped into it thinking it was going to be easy, we knew it was going to be work, but there's just so many things that we just didn't think about. Well, when you get into it, you think it's easy. You're like, oh yeah, yeah I can make people laugh. 
And that's the hardest thing is making a, a room full of strangers laugh. Yeah. That's the hardest thing in the world. And like when I went into it, I always knew I, I was always a funny guy. And my friends were like, oh, you should do stand up. And I, th- I knew I wanted to do stand up for three or four years before I did it. But I was always too afraid because I knew, like, I didn't experience how hard it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be hard. And I mean, it, it bomb. I like everyone. Every comedian still bombs. Um, bomb. They bomb differently. Like I bomb differently now than I used to. Like what I consider a bomb now, I'll bomb, and then someone will be like, "No, you did fine." I'm like, "No, I bombed." Like I'll, I'll like it's, it's all an insecurity thing because, because you're only as, as a comedian, you're only as good as your, your last, last set. set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When was the last time you quote unquote bombed? Oh man, I mean, uh, my version of bombing's different. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I so, remember. All right, so let, let's do let, let's do both. Let's do a traditional bomb. A traditional bomb would just fucking just it's dead silent. A, a tradition. Yeah. Everyone wants to fucking throw shit at you. To me, a traditional bomb is. I don't know about a traditional. I mean, traditional like, bomb is. I think of a th- when I say traditional bomb, I think of a bomb the way I think of it. Um. Oh, just like dead silence, where it's just people want to throw batteries. Oh, at you. Uh, <laughs> it's like that, but also in the comedian's perspective. Yeah. It's about forgetting everything you were gonna say. Okay, okay. All Not right. only the dead silence, because it happens. Dead silence happens sometimes. Not like throughout. If it, I, I don't know the last time it had. No, probably like three or four months ago. It was right before I did that Royal Doc show, actually. I was feeling really bad. I was like, I'm going to get a bot. Like my buddy Andrew, I was. He, we were going to to this open mic together. I was just like, I didn't want to do the mic. I didn't need to do the open mic. But I was like, I need to get a bomb in. I don't remember the last time I bombed like really, really hard. I need to get a bomb in. And he's like, what do you mean? I was going to write these new jokes. And I'm not going to remember them. I want to. I did it on purpose a little bit. Like I, I was planning on saying the new jokes. I did the first new joke, didn't work, and then I forgot everything I was gonna say. And that's I don't remember the last time that happened. What do you do there? Like what do you do? I, I was oh no, you just you talk. don't just throw down the. St- I know you, you don't. That's talk. what I mean. Okay, just bullshit your way through. I, mean, most, I, I watch comedians bomb a lot. I don't. I never. I always have something to say. Like that after that, like I always have something to say because I just I love the stage. I'm not uncomfortable on stage. I could not do well, and I'll just start laughing. Like I don't care. It's. Okay, it's, we'll, it's only making yeah. me better, and it's, I'm having fun still. I'm well, never not having fun. Then there's another one. Okay, so now we're talking about you have to again. It's part of the the, the mental part, but you got to power through some of that shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. we talked about that with the. You got to power thing. through bad jokes. You have to just if a joke doesn't work, you just when gotta, you tell it, and everyone's just looking at you like, ah, oh, fuck, that was the punchline. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes people say that legit. They're like, oh, it didn't work. I'm moving on. I actually, and I, I get a kind of a kick out of whenever a comedian's like, oh, wow. I tried. You are not the crowd for this. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> no happened. abortion fans. No, no abortion fans. None of you, fans. really, lady, you, lady, you. No. Why not to someone you look like? You got abortion written on you. High yeah, school? I could smell it on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> it's not funny. If it's true. Yeah, no, it's all fiction, so it's funny. So then you also okay. So you were, the, the what you're describing too is also another thing that I I will say that most people, myself included until I actually started dealing with you guys and watching you guys, we don't, most people don't view this as the way that you do in terms that you have to view this as a job. Yeah. It's, it's, a, you it's, have to get better. It, it's, it's an unpaid intern. It's an unpaid internship that you're not getting the job for. That's what I view it as. It's not an actual, I mean, you do it, it's freelance, but it's also the, and like, I, I know there's, there's a, there's a chance I'm not professional. Like there's a chance I'm, I'm not going to make it. There's a high chance I'm not. But at the same time, I view it. I love it. Almost certain, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Don't see it happening. Yeah, but hey, you got this podcast. Always fall back on. Yeah, (laughs) when in doubt, guiltless, podcast it out. That's what I say. But that's a but but that's a a real thing though that you're you're not that you have to consider because you don't go into it saying there's probably no way I'm gonna. I I know you're not thinking that, but that's another mental. the, The the mental aspect of this is I think what most people don't. It's people that have never done it. Yeah, that that aren't gonna consider. Yeah. You know, like if they if they're up there and they're like, "Well, this guy's not funny." Th- this and this is this has sat with me for fucking months ever since I said this. So, uh, Christy, uh, our our event planner from Creatively Hosted. So, if you guys are planning an event, by all means, reach out to her on Instagram. She's the one to fucking do all this. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's helped us with our last comedy show. She's helped us with this one. She's the best. Christy's but, great. Yeah. So I asked her. I asked our friend Haley at the Bucket List. I asked a couple of my friends. I asked them for podcast. Um, uh, suggestions because I wanted to start listening to other ones, and uh, the thing that uh, that came up is that uh, that I got probably like a bunch of people sent me like twenty, and uh, I was listening to them on a long car ride with my wife, and I would get like one episode into each one, not even one episode, but some I'd get like ten minutes in. Yeah, and I remember saying this when my wife said this to me, I felt so dumb because she was a hundred percent right. 
we'd start listening to this and I'd turn it off. She'd be like, what's wrong? I'm like, the podcast sucks. Yeah. And she's like, well, no, you think it sucks. <laughs> that doesn't mean <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's self-conscious. But I mean, I think that's the way that a lot of people view comedians. Like if mm. they say someone, if, if a comedian's up there and he tells a joke and you don't like it, most people are like, this comedian sucks. Yeah. That's not true at all. Just because no. you're not into it. It just doesn't but work But that's sometimes. the thing that I think you have to also overcome, too. Yeah, I mean, I, you're going to run into people who just aren't your fucking cup of tea. Yeah, I, I know. And vice I, versa. Like, I know I'm fu- Like, the comedian, like, you know you're funny. When you know you're funny. Like, I know I'm funny. I'm, I'm always confident. If a joke doesn't work, it's probably the joke. Maybe I didn't say it right. Maybe it's not a good joke. But, I mean, I know I know I'm funny, and I know I can write jokes. Yeah. And uh, some some people don't like it, and that's their right, and it's okay. If someone doesn't like my joke, it's fine. If I don't like someone's hair, it's all right for me not like their hair. Uh, well, that's more jealousy. Yeah, it's more yeah because I'm bald. <laughs> but no, like if I, if I'm on a date, like I, I wouldn't say it to a girl like, oh, I don't like your hair. Like I could say that it's not a good move to no, do it. I would never move. do that. Not a good move unless it's like the fourth or fifth date and she really likes like mean humor. It's like, hey, your hair sucks. She's like, oh my or, god, you know, I love yeah. Like, she yeah. needs that to finish. Yeah, oh, <laughs> she needs insults. Wait, what, what about the worst sex talk? Like you're having sex and you're just like, by the way, your hair sucks, and she's like, yeah, oh, more. I wouldn't want to have sex again after with that same person. That would suck. No, like, what do you want me to make fun of your your your, your hangnails? No, <laughs> no, I could maybe do that eight more, eight nine more times. Yeah, I'd be like, stop. yeah, this is the last time this happened, and I don't know about that. So the uh, uh, when you talk about like it being because. Because you run the open mic, so you have to see a lot of different types of people that are doing that open mic. Because you've said you've done this before, too. So people that do open mics are either starting out, like super, super starting out. Yeah, they're trying to Maybe get... want to see if this is something they even want to try. Yeah. Or it's people that are starting out and open mics is kind of all they can score. Yeah. Or it's going to be people that are trying to work out new material and maybe want to just hit up an open mic to see how it lands Absolutely. And, maybe, and maybe develop it. Yeah. I always said every time I have a every time I have a really big show, I go to an open mic the night before and I test out my I do the mic I do like, I don't do the exact same set, but I do all the jokes I want to do before. And cuz I cuz I mean like the the thing I have before like a really good show, I'm like, "All right. Uh over prepare. Over prepare and have fun. Be prepared for anything." I I write like if I have 10 minutes, I make sure I have 15 minutes of jokes, 20 minutes of jokes, and just have fun. Because it's like, I, you stress, like every time, right before, I do, right before I do a show, stress, stress, stress. Second I hit the stage, none of that matters. It's all fun. I just got to have fun. Okay. So you just mentioned something else there, too. Yeah, this is more, this, yeah, it, that, that's just, what I mean. Every time we're going you, down a rabbit hole. Every time that you give me an example, it's something else that you have to, that, that I, I feel like a comedian has to consider whether they're, in their first week or in their tenth year, uh, obviously, if you're in your tenth year, it's going to be a lot easier to do some of these things. But yeah. now you have kind of the memorization aspect. Obviously, you have to have things ready to go because at least, and I don't know if it's the same for like people that like give speeches or things or presentations. So if you time yourself in a presentation, like I have to do this at work sometimes, yeah, and it's a ten minute presentation. But when you start doing it, you talk faster. So all of a sudden, now you're at seven minutes. Yeah. So like you said, if you're going to do 15 minutes, you got to have 25 minutes just in case. Yeah, I always have like more minutes prepared. So there's another aspect of it. Then the other thing is what you kind of alluded to, but it's the material itself. So if you're at an open mic, or I guess maybe if you're at anything, but let's keep on the open mic topic because it's going to be harder for people when they're just starting out, is that if – and let's stick with abortion because we're fans – uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had one scare, but it was didn't happen. I was just all I was like, yeah. And she's like, what do you mean you wouldn't have a baby with me? I was like, I'm 19. You got your fucking mind, of course. Yeah, not. I've never what paid do you think no I cheered, dumbass. Yeah, I live with my mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know your last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and barely your first. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so uh, if someone is maybe. Like say you're at like a like, like an open mic and there's like maybe ten people that are going that night yeah. and two people did abortion jokes and they fucking just fell flat and everyone's like that's fucking dumb it's and you're like I've seen oh it. shit I have three minutes on abortion that I commit yeah. to abortion you scratch that shit yeah but you scratch, scratch it, but now it. you're like oh yeah no your audience now? if you're how audience do I fill that in if I'm a, if I if I if I, if I am, have a a joke topic similar similar to someone else's and that joke bombs there's there's things that go in my head it's like a do I view my joke better than that person's failed joke. B, did they like that person to begin with? The audience liked that comedian. Okay. C, okay. C, because the whole battle is like, I like the audience. I want them to like me. Okay, so kind of expand on that. Like, did the audience like that person? 
there are comedians that are super funny. The audience doesn't like them. They just won't like them. I know. I know what you mean, but I guess I need like an example. It's, it's like it's like a certain. It's like uh, okay, so like uh, I don't know scientifically or anything, but like the first three seconds into meeting a person, you could tell if you're gonna like them or not. It's like that on stage. Like if someone goes on stage, and they're like, "Hey guys," and this comedian, and that, and they just leave it at that. You're like, "Oh, I don't. I didn't like that." Bad start. Yeah, Real and it's harder start. for them to like you going on, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so it's kind of like that. Like, and, I'm a very open, nice person, and I view the audience as all nice people. So, and on that, and I'll tell you for me, what I hate when comedians do more than anything in the world is when they tell us to give ourselves a round of applause. <laughs> oh, I love doing that. I it's so fun. I hate that. I think <laughs> well, let that me, is like so dumb. I hate that. Let me devil's advocate that because once I do, if I do it once, I make sure to do it like four more times after that. <laughs> Hey guys, keep it going for your last comic. All the comics you saw. Clap, no, no, clap, not clap, that. Clap. Not that. Not, not, Give it not, up for yourselves, guys. Yeah, Is that one? Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Give yourselves a round of applause for, for being a here. Awesome audience. Give it up for yourselves, guys, for showing up, having fun with me and everyone else. Way to put in the right address on everyone's your Uber. Like, everyone's like, God damn it, this guy doesn't have any jokes, does I he? Fucking <laughs> I don't know why. I, I honestly, I don't know why. That is uh, every time I hear, I'm like, buddy, get off stage. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like the cut of your jib, sir. <laughs> so never mind. Now I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe the audience, because right then I'm off the bat. I'm like, I don't give a shit if this dude slays. I don't ever want him to do comedy again. Yeah, I will. I will give myself a round of applause when I fucking feel like it. Yeah, sir. it's my right. I don't care. I don't like care abortion. Right like, <laughs> like. Oh God! Is this is this uh, podcast going to be named like the rights and wrongs of abortion? Yeah, like we're, <laughs> we're basically talking about the life of like someone being who's an open micer who wants to become a comedian. Yeah, but we're basically just like we're basically taking an abortion stance. It's just it's just a full on stance. Like, hey, if you don't like it, tough shit. Tough. shit, In the shit, words of man. Mike Tyson, you could turn off your station. <laughs> you don't like our stance? Flush it out. Yeah, flush it out. <laughs> I'll talk to you the way I want to talk to you. I love. Did you watch Mike Tyson videos? Oh yeah, like the great. old all the compilations. Actually, the uh, uh, from a comedian standpoint, did you ever hear the Tom Segura story about meeting Mike Tyson on an airplane? No, I haven't. It's fucking great. It, it's actually, I think, in in one of his not his most recent stand-up, but the one right before that. But you should watch it because I'm definitely not going to do it because I'll be do it terribly. And I'll just thank you for you know. To, I'll just tell you to give yourself a round of applause for being on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> I think the first time I did, the first podcast, I might have clapped. You probably did. Oh, no. I was like, I don't like clapping for myself. <laughs> it's not a good thing. If you have to clap for yourself, no one else should clap for you. What about, uh, <clears throat> I guess the last, I, not the last thing, because just more shit just keeps coming up. But like, So if you have, I don't know, when you finally come across a time where you do bomb, and everyone does, yeah, everyone bombs. you're probably going to bomb, obviously, early in your career. You're, so that means you're going to bomb at a It's time. like an open mic bomb? Yeah. Where you don't know how to make people laugh? Yes. Okay. And you're going to bomb at an open mic. You're going to bomb when you're not going to be getting paid. Yes. So now you have the that next step of, okay, so I just bombed. I didn't get paid. I feel like shit. And now I just have to drive home and people are going to ask me how it went. Yeah. So that's another real bad. Because you had to have started off with people around the same time. Some are still doing it and some aren't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the first two other people I started with, they did it. We did it like we were just they were we were the people you wouldn't expect us all to be hanging out next to each other. It was me, like a tall, like slim, bald man who kind of looks like he's in his either 20s or 30s. You can't tell. And then like a big 40 year old guy that a walking stick and like a pleasantly plump woman. You know, we were just the three, like, you're like, yeah, these people aren't friends. <laughs> they just kind of like comedy together. But in comedy, they're thrust into the same yeah, circle together. We're, we're all doing bad jokes together, like asking each other's advice. And then like two months later, I'm, you know, you, you don't, doing when you start off doing comedy, there's a 99.9% .9 chance you're not going to be friends with the people you started with. Because they're just not going to be around. Yeah, I mean, we you just evolve. I mean, if you're good at comedy, like, not good. If you, if you get better, you just kind of evolve. It's got to have right? a high dropout rate. Oh, yeah, comedy has a huge dropout rate. Yeah, those people don't do comedy anymore. Yeah. I see them now. They're like, oh, yeah. Like, they they sh they showed up. Uh, one of the dudes showed up to uh, the one of the, the Dina show I run. He was, dude, this, you got so much better. I'm like, I know. <laughs> 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 and he was like, yeah, dude, you're doing really well. I never would have thought this about you. I was like, I know. You told me after my first set. I remember. <laughs>
The what he the best advice I ever got was the worst advice. I think it was like my second set, and I was like, "How'd I do?" They go, "You know how to bomb." I was like, "Thanks." Thank I worked you. hard on those premises. <laughs> I worked real hard on how Luke and Leia should have fucked. <laughs> how Luke and Leia? Should've yeah, fucked. I had a really bad joke when I first started about like how Luke and Leia. Like there was a deleted scene where Luke and Leia are hooking up, and then they find out they're brother and sister, but they still finish. It was terrible. Come this far though, you might as well do it. Yeah, don't no, that's. I mean, it. I don't remember the joke. That was just the whole topic of the joke. And I remember I told him for the audience, and like no one laughed. And I was like, "You guys don't find this funny?" And they just like kept being silent. That's a it's like deep my second joke, or though. third time doing that's comedy. Because you got to be into Star Wars and and incest. Yeah, you got to be into both. <laughs> you got to understand Star Wars yeah. and sympathetic to incest, or, or just like how we all know, you just got to kind of be into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and still understand how awkward it was when they kissed. And yeah, and then Han just stared at him. He's like, wait, y'all are wait brother and, and then for some reason, I feel like the Wookiee knew. Chewbacca? Yeah, he could smell it. He's oh, like, they're yeah. related. He could, he could smell the, the motherly bond. <laughs> yeah, on. that's like how dogs can smell fear. You know, yeah. Wookiees can smell incest. Wookie, Wookie, Wookiees can smell. Oh, yeah, they shouldn't be doing this. They should, yeah, they shouldn't be doing this. I can't do the Chewbacca. <laughs> I didn't think I could either. You just did a that, solid I Chewbacca. I thought that was pretty good. I could tell you did a good Chewbacca because you did it and you started coughing. The cough yeah, was like, oh my good. God, you could do it. Yes. Way to go, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> 10 points to Gryffindor. Different franchise. Dif- same thing. Yeah, we're all over the place. Yeah, we're just bad. Yeah, we're all over the place. Now we're- yeah, so open my comedy. Harry Potter? Yeah, Harry, yeah, it's Harry Potter. Oh. That was uh, uh, Gryffindor was uh, Harry's house. The only reason I even know what that is is because I was dating a girl, <sighs> obviously not very recently, but... She was really into Harry Potter. This is a fucking weird thing because I'd never seen like a one. grown woman that's into Harry. Uh, well, I mean, kids she novels. was probably twenty-seven because we were about. The, I was about twenty-seven at the time, and we were dating. And uh, she's like, "You've never seen Harry Potter?" I'm like, "No. Why is that fucking weird to you?" And uh, we actually ended up watching like the first three together at her house. Did you like it? No. Well, they're kids' movies. Well, they evolved. They evolve like, into like teen movies, like teen dramas. I was more just like, "Are we going to touch?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just sat through four hours of fucking dork. Yeah, are we ever gonna well, touch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna always, you're holding hands the whole time. She's like, Have you seen the third one? I'm like, I will sit through this, but I'm touching something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna pet the dog. <laughs> Anything, I don't care. <laughs> well, this is all for nothing. You remember when Harry Potter came out? I was, I was when it came out, 2001. That's the first one. Probably around there. Yeah. I was, I was born '94. I was like seven or eight, seven, six or seven years old. And that was, I remember, like, I was, like, I remember when when we found out there was going to be a movie, like, it was a phenomenon. Like, people went crazy over Harry Potter. It wasn't only kids. It was, like, grown-ups. Like, everyone was freaking out. No, it's not. It's it's like the, what was that other shit that came, the Hunger Games. People love that shit. Or Twilight. Yeah. Well, Harry, wasn't Harry, Harry Potter was, like, the beginning of all this. It was like the Harry first, Potter like, and like Lord of the Rings were about the same time. Yeah, yeah. Those were about uh, the same well, time. Lord of the Rings was was that that wasn't like directed towards kids. No, not at all. It was directed towards like, like it was Dungeons kind of the Dragons same thing guys. where, I mean, it wasn't the same thing because like they stopped at three. Harry Potter had like seven, right? Harry Potter had like seven eight movies, and then they read they redid the franchise. They well not rebooted, but I mean they had like the the Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then I never saw. That I shit. think they're bringing more stuff. I don't know. I don't really. I watched as a kid. A reboot I watched the first that. Harry Potter again like a month ago, and I liked it. But I was like, yeah, it's a kid movie. Like the one of the scenes is there's like an ogre in the bathroom. I, I don't forget what the fucking creature it is. It's like an ogre, and like the way that they feed it, someone sticks a wand up its nose, and they and then like the, the ogre falls. Like eventually something happens, and then the like Harry or Ron or someone like whips the wand out, and then they like wipe the boogers off with their cape. I remember. I, was, I remember watching. I remember the kid in me like laughing, and the adult me was like, "Yeah, that disgusting. thing should have fucking fucked you guys up." Like, there's no way you survived. The only thing that. I took away from that was, why would you wipe the boogers off with your with own your cape? cape? Yeah, or cape or robe or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they were they were in the bathroom the whole time. I never thought of it like that. Get a paper towel. You just You're use a paper sink. towel. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, the sinks all got I'm fucked up with the paper towel. Actually, I don't think in the scene they had a paper towel machine. Which, hey, that's not realistic. It's a kid's bathroom. You, if anything, you have more paper towels. Maybe they never wash sh- their hands. They're wizards. They're I don't know if wizards wash. This is getting out of hand. I like it. I like Harry Potter. I think it's on hand. Yeah. I don't know. The booger joke. That's a booger joke. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Come on, guys. We all talk booger jokes. Come on, let's get here. Get here. <laughs> oh, you just had a booger joke that you put on Facebook. Oh, it was fucking... I, honestly, I... I didn't laugh the first time. The second time, I fucking really lost it. I made that like a year and a half ago. Right when TikTok came out. 
I just posted. I showed my. Really I showed my roommate Brett Thomas. He's gonna be on the next Guiltless show. It was really. He. Funny. I showed him that. I was like, look at this stuff. Only I made one TikTok. It was like this booger smells like a fart, <laughs> and I'm just smiling the whole time. And there's like applause. There's applause, and it dies, and then it gets like he's that's like a standing ovation. Yeah, it was a laugh track. And then my, my Brett was like, dude, because he's monotone. He's like, that's so funny. You should post that. And I was like, dude, this is so bad. And I watched it and I started laughing. Then I started like testing. I showed a couple of people. They're like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, well, All plus right. the caption said the funniest joke ever written. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag so that's why turn I had to up. Click on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a TikTok's funny. So then, all right. So at what point, I know it's going to vary for everybody. Like, at what point do you, are you not, I have a feeling that most people aren't going to do two open mics and be like, yeah, I'm a comedian. Maybe the some do. I don't no, know. Now it happens. I've seen uh, it. But at what point are you comfortable? Is it a paying gig? Is it a like what? what at what point are you? No, do you no longer see yourself as just like someone who's trying it out to say, "I'm a comedian." Uh, I'd say it takes it takes a lot of bombing and then a book show. I, it depends. I mean, it, I've seen people get booked, and I'm like, they're not a comedian. I mean, I see a lot. You see it. It's really hard. It's if they're fucking funny. If you could tell they really love doing it. If if they're if they're putting the not only love doing it, but they put the work in. Like comedy is about the stage, but it's also writing. It's a lot of writing. And it takes it took me a minute to realize like yeah, it's being funny, but you gotta rely on your jokes. Okay. What about uh okay, so do you have like a dream journal where you write your jokes? Like where do you Yeah, write? I have like three or four notebooks. I write them in different it depends on which notebook I have. You on didn't me. balk at Dream Journal, by the way. No, I do have a joke <laughs> I do have a joke book that says dreams though. It's really funny. It's blue. Unicorn on it? No, it's just a blue book. It just says dreams. Alright, we'll get you a unicorn one. Yeah, I need a unicorn I don't one. Think if it's on a unicorn book, there's no I need sense a unicorn yeah. It. If I don't have a unicorn joke book, then am I actually a comedian? Probably not. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, okay, so another maybe shittier version of this. Uh, what about you're in the entertainment industry? That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, what about just the shittiness and the cutthroat? People not being reliable or, or backing out or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's, it, I get it. I get it. I mean, some people like I, I've been double, but like you double book a show like yeah. on the same night, and like I've had it like the Morales runs shows in the rain, and I've 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 missed out on his shows. And he's he's fine with it. Yeah, no one's going. Um, but I'll be like, yeah, I overbooked, or like I can't make this one. And it, we get it. But sometimes, I mean, if it's a big show, people usually don't back out. But I find it really funny when it's a big show and someone backs out. Like running the Dina show, like I've had people back out. I can't make it tonight. And then I'm like, all right. And they tell me the day of, I find a replacement. And then they see how nice the show was. And they're like, oh, man, I need to get on the next one. And I was like, like I already got the like, next one booked, bud. I'm well, sorry. So it's just like, no, I already had you. Yeah, I already had you, and you bailed on it. Like, I can and put then, you back on, but, I mean, that, it's not okay. going to be the next one. I can't just be like, all right, I'll do you this favor. Like, I could do favors, but I choose, I, I prefer the show. I, I put the show first. Yeah, but I mean, well, if you're the one that's kind of like, not an MC, but if you're promoting, you're kind of putting it together, and like Dina's or LVT, whoever it might be, it's kind of counting on you rightfully so or not, to pull some talent together for that. Yeah. That looks bad if people keep backing out. Yeah. And I mean, you get to the point where you can't – then there's your, and here's another aspect, the reliability aspect. You have to be able to be reliable. Because yeah. I have a feeling that in your community, uh, as laid back and I'm sure as fun as it is, it still is a tight-knit community. And people are going to be like, you can't count on that dude. It's cutthroat. If you don't yeah. do – like, I uh, say, like – I mean, it's not like cutthroat. Like, people aren't stabbing each other in the back. But it's more of a thing of like, if I stop doing it for two months, like let's say I just stop doing it, I'll, I'll get my life together. But the second I get back in, there's I could have been advancing as a comedian, and I'm I could lose like whatever whatever fictional spot I have, I could lose that spot to someone that's working hard base than I that I could have been or, doing. Yeah. yeah, um, which I see that a lot. There's a lot of comedians that take like long breaks and they come back, and they try to get the spot that they had, and other people caught up. You know, it's like it's like it's like uh, I don't know. It's like a sports analogy. Like if you're the MVP, like like Derrick Rose, for example. Let's go, Derrick Rose. Like he was he was taking on the Heat. Like it was like LeBron, D Wade, and Bosh. Derrick Rose was he didn't he didn't beat him in the playoffs, but he was it was just pretty much him. Yeah. And he was giving him a he was giving him a fight. He re, he he gets hurt a lot, 
and he's still good. He had to he had to fight back to be who he was. Now he's I still think he's like one of the one of the better players in the league, one of the best players. Like not like top ten, but he's like definitely up there. At one point, he was arguably one of the best players in the league. Oh, you got to no. fight back for that spot before, before he got hurt. He was he's. Top ten for sure, arguably top five. Yeah, he was. I I think at the time he was most the best athletic. He's the best point guard in the league. He yeah, he was by far yeah, the best pe- point guard. Yeah, in the league. people catch up. I mean, like then, like by the time he's good again, like he's he's getting older. He's like what twenty nine. I mean, yeah, Steph Curry's the same age around, but Steph, and then like Chris Paul's still old, but Chris Paul is you know still going. You know, Westbrook, and then and then there's yeah Westbrook, and then they're not even in the conversation. He could have. He could have like he could average like thirty points a game. His team could still lose, and it's like, eh. yeah, you know. Well, yeah, it's but all. The, but that's a that's. It's just keep if you love something, just keep working at it. Even if you don't like, there's times where I don't like comedy, but I do it because I love it. I know why I love it. I know why I hate it. It's like a yin and yang. I hate it sometimes because I love it. Like I hate I have bad well, sets. I, I mean, I, it's probably easier to hate something like this because you love it so much. Yeah, but it's also hard. You want this to be fun, and you want it, but. When you have a job like like if someone like me says like oh fuck I hate my job everyone's like yeah me too yeah like but you don't understand that because you know yeah like if my job was podcasting and I'd get frustrated if it wasn't fun because I know it's supposed to be yeah but same thing with you like this is something that you understand is going to be hard it's going to be difficult it's going to be hard work but you still want it to be fun because it's supposed to yeah. be fucking fun yeah. like the whole premise of this job is making people yourself laugh and meeting other people who like to make other people laugh yeah so when it's whatever not going well whatever you want to call it you know for whatever reason it's probably more frustrating because you know what the end game probably can be yeah so it's not like saying oh, I fucking hate my job. Like, yeah, you work at the fucking water plant. Yeah, who, who would want that? Yeah, dickhead? like, like we're we're human. We get frustrated. Yeah, over shit. you made bad decisions. Like, I, I never, I never like hate stand up comedy. I hate things, I, yeah. I hate things about it, but you I hate never hate like it. I never hate going on stage. Like I would yeah. every time I go on, it's my choice to go on stage. You'd love it if you just went on stage and there were people there and you just were able to do your thing and make them laugh. That's yeah. It. But then you have all these other things. You have. You know the 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 mental aspect, which probably is never going to go away. It yeah. Doesn't matter. I, I imagine people that have been doing it for twenty, thirty years are still going to have a mental aspect where they can get in their own heads. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you have the uh, the networking thing. You're always going to want to kind of do that because the more you network, you can expand. Like if you start traveling around the country, you're going to have to expand your network. Talk yeah. to people that are in California, New York. I feel like Idaho would be a great one for you. The uh, Idaho really nailed that well, Idaho. But, well, but oh, potatoes. Yeah, abortion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are into See, this, no, right? I, I didn't know. I told you I'm a big freak there on French fries. There you so. go. <laughs> you got the uh, being a draw. You got to keep working at that always. You know, uh, yeah. the media portion. Make sure you're staying on top of that. You're gonna always deal. Probably when you get bigger, you're gonna deal with maybe even shadier promoters. Yeah. Then you're going to have, obviously, you're going to want to be reliable because the same thing. You see it all the time, whether it's with comedians, actors, professional athletes. doesn't matter what your contract is or how well-known you are. In fact, it may even be worse. Yeah. As soon as word gets out that you're hard to deal with, that shit goes away oh, yeah. quick. So you got to maintain that. Mm. Uh, it is still going to be a yeah. job. Ultimately, it'll be a job you want it to be, but still a yeah. fucking job. You're obviously having to get through stuff, making sure you can adjust, you know, and it's still being cutthroat again. That's another one that's going to increase as you get higher up. Yeah. And just consistency. You know, even like some of the greats, you know, nowadays, I mean, still really can't. It's very rare. The only one I can think of that did it was Dave Chappelle that took a long layoff and came back and people just still wanted more. That's, that's still going to be tough. Though. Yeah, he's that damn good. That's what I mean, though. Yeah. Like, everyone was still dying for him to do that. But other yeah. people that take a long time off not touring, and I'm not talking about, like, the Jerry Seinfelds where maybe people don't see him all the time because he's not on TV anymore. The guy never stopped touring, Yeah. Though. But Chappelle stopped everything. I mean, I can't think of another example of someone who took no. several years off and did that. Even the greats have to be consistent and be out there. Yeah, you got so, like like Eddie Murphy. I think he he wants to do stand up again. You know, he's going to be hitting up all these spots, mm-hmm. doing new jokes. Um, but I think the main point, all this stuff matters. But I think the one thing that matters, the rest of the everything else will come. If if there's any open mic comedians listen to this, my best advice would be just work on being funny, and the rest will happen. The net, I, don't focus I, yeah. on the networking. Don't focus on like building yourself or promoting. Just work on being funny, and that's easily forgotten. I forget that sometimes. And I mean, it happens. We all forget it. But the main point is, as long as you're funny, 
the rest will come. As long as you're funny and you care about it and you put the work in, yeah. the rest will happen. And I think for me, I, I, I wasn't trying to think of a list of things to just to discourage comedians. It was it, For me, it's a lot of things that I just don't think You never would have thought of. I never would have thought about yeah. until we sat down. Every, and again, every time you'd mention something, you're like, oh, this one time, I'm like, fuck, that's another never, thing yeah. I didn't think it's, about. It's, and you also, People like, that are just watching these shows don't think about this shit. Yeah. You, I learn about, like, I've gr- I've grown more from doing comedy than I can remember growing as a person. Because you, I, I've realized, like, how... You, you realize, I mean, I learned how to read, a, like, reading a crowd. Like, all right, well, this, this crowd's going to like this type of joke. They don't like this type of joke. That's it's not easy doing that. I yeah. learned from a lot of bombing, a lot of bombing, and also doing well and like picking people up. You know, like if a show's not going well, I love being that guy. If I'm at a show and it's not going well, I'm like, hey, put me next. I'm not gonna do any joke. I'm gonna just try to save this show. I've yeah. saved. Me and Raj did a show. Uh, me and Raj did a show uh, on the east side. Like I don't know. Like we did it recently, and the show was not going well. Um, they weren't laughing at the first comic. And he was having a hard time, you could tell. And I don't, nothing against him. I'm a comedian. I, I, I stand for the comedians. Well, it's just, what we it, just talked yeah. about. Sometimes I stand work. with them. I was like, oh, I got to, like, uh, I did my first, I did like 15, 25 minutes. And the whole first 10 minutes was me just talking to the crowd. I was trying to get them to laugh, you know. And then once I got them, I reeled them in. Then I started playing with them, having fun. And it was a really fun show. And then Raj went up and he did well. Uh, the guy who ran it, he 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 did a, he went up, he went well, and then we ended up. They were like, "Hey, we'll give you more money. Come back on stage." And I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> so we all went back on stage and did a couple more jokes, and it was fun. Like, yeah, it, I mean, I like saving. Like, if a show's not going well, I don't take it out on the show or anything. I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna do my best effort to save this show. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try something different. I'm gonna yeah. be me. I just want everyone to have a good time." And it, a lot of you might hear like some people like are all about them. Yeah, I mean, that's any job. Like, you have the person that wants other people, you know, they want to be the best. I'm like, I want to be the best, but also I don't want... If I got to be the best and everyone else has to eat a dick, like, call call me, like, too good-hearted, but i rather, like, I don't know. i I still rather be the best, but i rather have not everyone eat a dick around me. i rather have everyone, you know, have fun. Everyone can eat. They can eat what they want to eat. Yeah. They can eat, a, you know, a dick or, you know, strudel. I don't know, whatever. After birth for abortion. Yeah, they can. That's it's all it's all coming back to abortion. I feel like what you're... I'm trying to say is, <laughs> don't make a mistake and have a baby you don't want. That that's yeah. the whole yeah. point of this. We Masson is in trying to talk about what it's like being an open micer, trying to become a comedian. But what we're really trying to tell you is, Planned Parenthood is the answer. Yes, and that's what I want anyone to take away from this. <laughs> I feel like the Ohio Ohio yeah. from Drew Carey show should happen. <laughs> You know, the only thing that uh, I ever thought about, and we kind of close with this, because I, I, for some reason I thought this would be funny. It's, it wouldn't be. Actually, it would be funny for the three people that did it. So myself, Patrick, uh, who used to, to host here, and our friend Dan from uh, uh, the, the Pop Culture Spectrum was also on our network too. We had this idea that we thought it, would, it, was, it was almost like an Andy Kaufman joke because no one else would be in on the joke. Yeah. Where the three of us were going to go to an open mic we were all like I like say Patrick was gonna go up first. And Patrick was gonna do whatever, like three minutes of whatever his material was gonna be. Then Dan was gonna go up. And Dan was going to do verbatim the exact, exact same things. thing. And everyone was like, What the fuck? Why the and then yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go up after them third exact in a row. Exact same do thing. Do the exact same yeah. thing just to see what would happen. Um just because I thought that would be fun, it's super juvenile, and really now that I'm thinking about yeah, it, comedy's it juvenile. Yeah, it, would, <laughs> it would also ruin the night for a lot of people. Yeah, so. some, if they didn't like that the first time, they probably that, won't like it the second that's time. That would have been the worst part about it because none of us, well, except for Dan, none of me and Patrick aren't comedians, so it wouldn't have been funny. Yeah. So now we're repeating three times something that's very unfunny. Yeah, and everyone's just like, I don't understand why these guys think this is funny. Yeah, can I say the funniest thing? About like I'll watch I watch a comedian like a, like not a comedian I'll watch an open mic like a comedian's never done it before I'll watch them go on stage and just lose the audience I don't laugh at it it just I watch it I'll watch them lose the audience and they'll try to figure out what to do and I see like the young part of me the young comedian part of me just being like I remember when I was there let's see what this guy does to get out of this hole. Usually they don't get out of the hole. <laughs> Usually they don't. And it's I mean it's pretty once you dig yourself I mean once you dig yourself in a hole, it's 
not even with comedy, just with life. It's it's not easy to get out of it. Fuck no. But on stage, like when 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 people like it's the first time doing comedy. Like this this dude came up to me last week, and he was like, he's like, yeah, it's my first time doing. it. I was like, all right, cool. He goes, like, when he's like, how long do I get? I was like, you get five minutes. You get the light at four. Uh, once you hit five, I'll keep lighting you until you get off. He goes, what if I have six minutes? Five minutes is not enough time. <laughs> I just started smirking. I was like, all right, man, have fun. <laughs> Oh, five minutes was long as fuck. You could tell because every time a comedian goes on stage, like, this is my first time doing comedy. I'm like, oh god, that's a that's a rookie mistake. Don't open with that. Yeah, you don't under you don't you don't over. Give yourselves you know. a round of applause. For yeah, so give yourselves being here. Thanks. It was he brought like 15 of his friends. It was funny, but I just watched it. I was like, ah, come on, come on. You don't know what you're doing. Listen, I know what I'm doing. This is my first time doing comedy. Like, yeah. oh, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. Because that's like, what yeah. the audience thinks. It's going like, to be oh, bad. Really? It's going to be bad, and that's not, not a diss. Good. It's going to be off. You don't know what you're doing. You don't. Even three years in, I still don't know what I'm doing with some things, but I know more than I did. It's like life, you know, like anything, like any job or, you know, you don't know what you're doing until you do it, and you keep doing it, and then you realize the good and bad of it and, like, how you can do be- how you can do better, you know? Yeah, that's – and that's – just incredibly interesting to people like me that don't we take it for granted when we see things like that when, yeah. when you see someone that's up there entertaining you you don't think about it when you th- think of somebody that like that just did like uh like just the you know what fuck I, and i didn't mention him i feel bad because he was so fucking funny martin malloy was also at the show oh uh, marty's the, the man he was at the show at the uh, uh bottle house back in november and he was so goddamn funny so yeah. many people came up to me afterwards, like he was fucking great. Yeah, uh, super nice dude, really, really funny. It was like the second or third time I've seen him, and he was great. Um, people just see that, but they don't they don't think about what it took for him to get there. No, you know, he started out at an open mic. He started out doing this. He started out doing that, and he had to get through all this stuff just to get in front of a, gr- a group of you know, what I don't know. We had like 120, 130 people there, whatever. Yeah, to to tell those jokes. I mean, that's just that's incredible to me. And yeah. but we take that for granted. We don't think about that at all. Yeah, people in the audience don't think about Marty's that. Marty's a murderer. He's got so much. He's a fire. Like he'll just one liner. One joke, like he, joke, joke. Like he he just does it. Kills it. And it land, like his most like his his most mediocre joke will get so many laughs. And he doesn't have he doesn't have many mediocre. All his jokes are so funny. I love Marty. He was. I I got a lot of a, a lot of uh, comments. About yeah, him he was on uh, Last Comic Standing. Yeah, he was on uh, Opie and Anthony. He used to be on there a lot. Yeah, I remember they used to he, mess with them. I remember he told me that. I, yeah, I, was like, I told it because they messed with him the one time. There was a beekeeper skit. He's got schizophrenia, and there was a beekeeper skit. They were talking to him, and all of a sudden in the studio, beekeeper like someone dressed as a beekeeper walks in, and Marty's like, "There's a beekeeper," and everyone's like, "What is this part of your set?" And they completely act like he's going crazy, oh, and eventually no. they end up leaving. Like the beekeeper comes going back and forth, and he's like, "The beekeeper's back," and they're like, "Stop messing with us, Marty. What are your jokes?" And they keep asking him the same questions, and then they end all end up leaving the studio, and it's like on video. All you see is Marty and this beekeeper, and he's just like, he's like, "Does no one else see this?" And it's, and I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, "That's fucked up. That's mean." And I talked to Marty. I was like, "Hey, do you like? Is that terrible? Like, were you pissed at them?" He was no, it was funny. And then I watched it again. I just started dying laughing. I was like, "Oh my god!" That dude's like a comedian's comedian. He's got it. He's got it. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he's got the F factor. All right, well, so uh, wrap up real quick again. Uh, tickets on Eventbrite for the February 7th show at the Bottle House. Roast Battle featuring our good friend Brian here. David Morales is going to be the MC. Uh, we're going to post about the other uh, comedians as well that are going to be on it. A uh, lot of great guys. We're really excited about it. Uh, Brian and David picked them, so I know it's going to be good. Yeah, uh, it was a lot I'm of fun. I'm really guys. excited about this. I, I think it's going to be kind of a fun, unique kind of show. That's, it's different. Uh, yeah, it is different. I, I like mixing it up like this. So, uh, yeah. really excited for that. So, what do you got coming up? Um, I have uh, Dina's Pizza in Brooklyn, uh, December 30th. I got my friends Alex Gatlin and Rachel LaForest. Uh, they're coming in uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, December 30th. Uh, I believe I... I don't know where the show's at. It's December 28th. I'm butchering it. It's a Milton Wiley show. Uh, I think it's on the east side. Uh, I think that starts at 7 or 8. Um, January 4th or 5th. It's the Sunday. Uh, I got... It's the first Sunday of the month. Uh, 50-ish First Jokes, hosted by John Bruton. Um, that's a Hilarities. I think it starts at 8. That's going to be fun. And then I got some more, but, I mean, I'll post them. We'll like, get a the list of it so we can post it also. Everybody can see yeah. It. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. There's a lot of fun shows, and then February, 
February. We 7th. got we got guiltless. Get your, get those tickets. Ten dollars. Ten dollars till the beginning of the year. Fifteen after. Fifteen. So get them as soon as you can. Be yeah, get time. those. This is fun. I'm yep. I'm glad to be on this podcast. Glad to co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be good. Yeah. Be the second probationary cool, period. The second coolest bald guy in this podcast <laughs> <in> history. <laughs> Shout out to Patrick. Shout out Pat. All right. Talk to you guys soon.